Welcome back to the Agency X Podcast. I think that compared to a lot of categories, how COVID has affected e-commerce has been I'd say particularly interesting, just if you look at the trends of brick and mortar versus online spending and how I wouldn't say COVID has changed that because more people are buying online because they can only buy online. But I think that this is still affecting brands in very obvious ways. And I'm sure we've both seen examples of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I, I think not only the brands that we work with, but across the board, everyone's kind of feeling that there's, is experiencing some kind of, um, some kind of is impacted some way, uh, by COVID. Um, and I think that, well, I know that some brands are getting hit really hard in a negative way. And some other brands are actually, you know, seeing a, a increase in sales, um, depending on their business, you know, Amazon, you know, giant surge in business, um, uh, smaller brands that are selling necessities and things like that, huge surge in business, whether it's for hand sanitizers or toilet paper or, um, goods that someone would, would traditionally purchase in store, but now need to order it online. They're sold out everywhere. Um, certain brands are definitely getting hit really hard in, in a negative way um, because of, uh, you know, while one in the luxury and fashion space, people aren't buying luxury items. They're not buying things like new shoes and new dresses and new shirts and new clothes because they're not sure when they're even going to be able to go out and wear them. Um, and some brands are getting hit because their supply chains really froze up. And I think that that is one thing that is that'll come out of this that I want to touch on is is how this is going to change brands. Um, but a, a lot of brands are getting impacted no, no matter what. Uh, no one is 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 coming out of this unscathed. Uh, but some will be doing better than others, definitely. Sure. Yeah. I've um I have a friend who I you know and you know the company, but I won't say by name. But they essentially have an online grocery brand, and they're doing more mm-hmm. sales than ever. Like. They're, they're doing quadruple of like Black Friday and Christmas and it's insane for them. And that's a good problem to have in one perspective, but in the other, they don't have a good supply chain or inventory system. They have like nothing set up there. They do things very manually. So, you know, they have more orders they can realistically handle. And now they want to focus on that you know, focus on that stuff and increase in that competency. A lot of these things that a lot of brands have looked as, oh, these were, these are nice to haves and things that, you know, they want to do, but cost extra. Uh, They're going to start looking at those things as a little more essential and even probably pivot away from certain avenues they may have wanted to go down. I would say, especially in this terms of product development, especially as, I think products are going to be on their mind. Like they're definitely going to talk about supply chain and we'll get into that. But as far as new product development, they are probably going to focus more on how to strengthen the overall competency of their, uh, 
you know, whole business model and structure before trying to outreach or do too much too quickly with a sense of growth. Because I feel like growth is what's really going to be stunted <clears throat> in e-commerce. It's not going to be about uh, branching out right now. It's going to be about strengthening what's already there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you do have to have, I mean, I think this proves that you do have to have multiple um, streams of income for your business and multiple different ways to be able to meet your consumers' needs, um, but also not be overly obsessed with growth. And I think that's something that we've touched on before and something that I, um, I've always been a little bit passionate about when it comes to growing our agency or how businesses are only focused on growth. So a few things to kind of unpack there and touch on. One would be um, making sure that your business doesn't only rely on one supply chain or one source because a lot of small businesses who maybe they sell direct, maybe they sell B2B and now stores are closed, orders are being canceled, they can't fulfill anything. So we're seeing a big increase in in brands that are B2B who only sell to retailers and don't sell to um, uh, direct-to-consumer, they're wanting to go to direct-to-consumer now because they're not sure when things are going to open up. Um, and they also want a backup so that they could still run their business and bring in revenue if something like this happens again, um, whether it's a natural disaster or another virus or whatever, whatever the, it is. That's going to cause their direct-to-consumer business to, or their their B two B business to to go under. Um, as far as having multiple supply chains, I mean, that, I think that's really important. I think the the more, I think the entire, I mean, this might be a little bit off topic, but the entire country or the entire world revolves around getting products only from China or mostly from China. And in you know, without getting too political or anything like that, uh, we do need to have. Uh, we do need to bring manufacturing and supply chains back to the States or um, in other countries and spread it around a little bit because th this was a huge hit to, to a lot of businesses who get all of their product from China and that dried up and they can't fulfill orders. Uh, so I think that's going to be something that a lot of e-commerce brands um, take into consideration is about where the products are actually coming from. Uh, for multiple different reasons, um, not only because for for reasons that have to do with the environment, but also to make sure that they they have multiple different sources to to fulfill their to, to for their supply chain to fulfill their their customers' needs. And um, uh, one other thing that 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 I mentioned was uh, the growth aspect of it, and, and and I agree with you is that this is definitely going to kind of almost be like a nail in the coffin for a lot of brands and companies that are just obsessed with growth. You know, our agency probably could be double the size that we are now if I really wanted to, if I was just really focused on growth. Same with a lot of other brands that I know. And some brands have done that. And what happened was something like this happens and they had to let go half their employees, if not more, uh, or furlough employees because they were uh, really obsessed with growth and just just had that in mind rather than being sustainable and being uh, prepared for something like this. Even though this is an unknown thing and it's a black swan event, it's still something you need to be prepared about or prepared for. And uh, when when you're just obsessed with growth and just getting a, whether it's more employee size or, or more projects or bigger revenues, 
you know, you, you, you get hit with something like this. And I know some of our employees or some of our, our brands that we work with, uh, we've reached out to them. And sometimes we've gotten automated emails back saying that the employee was let go due to COVID. It happened a couple times. Um, you know, so I, I think that's going to be something that, that everyone takes a step back after this and looks at that, looks at what their goals are, uh, how their businesses are structured. Uh, and it, it's really, you know, it's really been eye opening. Uh, and it makes you kind of see what brands are really made of, what companies are really made of and what leadership is all about. So, um, there's a lot of different things that are going on right now. And I know there's a, uh, danced around on a few different topics there, but, um, you know, that's my take on, on what some of the, the current status is and, and, and what the next coming months are going to look like. Yeah. Cause if you're not, if you're not a brand like Coca-Cola or Nike or Apple, you probably don't have some kind of pandemic contingency plan it's probably never crossed your mind uh so yeah. yeah on the on the revenue side definitely not like on the on the business side it's really tough i mean we're fortunate that we can and a lot of brands in the digital space um or companies are fortunate enough that we do, we could work from home you know we could work remotely remotely we could take our laptops our phones our ipads we could run our businesses and we could help our brands uh the brands that we work with operate so that's that's great about our business but when you have a warehouse or when you have stores and retail and the, that all closes, you know, you're right. They don't have a pandemic response. You know, maybe Coca-Cola and Nike do. And I think there are certain brands that are responding to this. Some of the bigger brands are responding to this better than others. And uh, uh, both on a, on a brand side of things or a communication side of things, as well as on the business side. Um, but they're, they're taking a hit too. They're, they're taking a huge hit. You know, Nike had to close all their stores yet they're still paying rent. I know Adidas closed all their stores and there was a little bit of a hiccup and they had some backlash because they weren't going to pay rent, um, or they weren't going to pay some employees and furlough some. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a real tough time, uh, for brands right now, uh, for, well, for most. Uh, but I, I like to touch on, you know, some of the brands that, are seeing a benefit from this, you know, and as unfortunate as it is, some brands are really seeing a, a spike in, in sales and uh, a spike in, um, in revenue uh, due to this. Sure. I would say a lot of it's commodity products. Like, uh, yeah. I've, I've mentioned them very often because I am a big consumer of their, of their products, but essentially bones coffee, they specialize in flavored coffees and, you know, people are home. They're drinking probably more coffee, not only just to, yeah. get through things but you know just either out of sheer boredom and of course they do a lot of nice things like they've offered tons of deals that are both relevant but add value to the end user like uh like a use promo code stay at home and you get 20 percent off your order and that's huge mm -hmm. especially when that brand specifically offers free shipping at the 50 dollar mark so you know, that's just a great way to build your average order value to provide, you know, that kind of discount because you're going to add more and then you're going to maybe add a little bit more to add, you know, to get free shipping, mm -hmm. but you're still paying less overall. And something they've actually started doing is if you use this different code for every bag of coffee that's purchased, they donate a bag of coffee to healthcare workers. And a lot of brands are following oh. suit with this, which is yeah. amazing. And I do like the amount of altruism that we're seeing with a lot of brands, like especially in the fashion space, because Burberry, they know people aren't buying $800 wallets right now. So they're pivoting a lot of their manufacturing to making, you know, supplies and, you know, you know surgical masks, because uh, not only does that make them look good, 
And when people, when this whole thing is over, people are going to remember the brands that did make a difference. And there's that whole website, did they help dot com, which yeah. I shared with you, which I thought was really funny because people are giving tabs on this. It's kind of funny to go through and see who is and isn't. But I do like how it's making brands care more, regardless if they're doing well or or not. Obviously, if your brand's not doing well, you can't be as generous with the, you know, the outreach that you can do and, you know, the relief support that you can that you can offer, but still kind of being transparent with how your business is being affected because you should let your you should let your customers know if you're struggling because if they're mad yeah, about something and they're like, hey, where's my order? Or like or like all of a sudden something's lost in transit. And I talked a lot about this with Adam Rout and also when I talked with Lucas about this, is the importance of communication in this time because people have to know what's going on with your brand because then otherwise they don't know you know, whether to, if they don't hear anything, they'll probably just assume everything's normal. Even if mm -hmm. common sense says no one is operating business as usual. Yeah. And I, I think some brands are getting it right with communications and I, and I, and this is something that I, I, I had mentioned, I think it's some, some, some content that we've been putting out there and, and what I, I feel strongly about is that brands need to be realistic. You know, now one, most people don't care what brands have to say or if we're in this together. If you're going to say something like we're in this together and you're going to really care and there's I've gotten dozens of emails with letters from the CEO, letters from the founders. I, I mean, unless you're backing it up, unless you're doing something or then just stay out of the conversation, you know, acknowledge it. But, you know, I, I, I like most brands are just kind of jumping in on this saying, Hey, we're in this together. That, okay. That's fine. If all you could do is provide a discount. Okay. Provide your discount. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean we're in this together, but I did get some honest communications from brands saying that they were feeling the sting from this, that, you know, they're hurting and that they appreciate the support and that in return they're giving discounts or they're offering gift cards or whatever it may be. Um, at least saying, like you said, being honest and saying, look, we, we can't help this situation. We're getting hurt. But the, what you could do as a supporter of this brand, if you really love us, like working with us uh, or like our products, rather, then, you know, here's a discount. Let's, you know, show the support. And, you know, I understand that. And like you said, the brands that can and do have the resources to help out, that's amazing that they're stepping it up for two reasons. One, it'll show people that they did something during this time and they really were in it together and they were trying to help. And two, it's just good um, to be able to actually help people. Um, and a lot of, a lot of brands are also taking this opportunity or this time if they have downtime and they do have the resources to focus on, focus on some internal projects. Like I mentioned, some B2B brands who maybe were thinking about going to D to C now have the opportunity and the time to be able to focus on that because you know, maybe they don't have as many orders coming in and they're not as busy with mar focusing on marketing and whatnot. So, you know, there's, look, this is a terrible situation. Nobody wants to be in this such situation, but there's, you know, the silver lining uh, for some brands. Some are really getting hurt and some just might not recover and that's really sad. Um, but, you know, the ones who were positioned, uh, put themselves in a, in, a, in a place where they're, you know, um, a little bit stronger and they maybe had a backup plan, you know, they're going to come out of this a lot stronger. So, um, you know, as far as the, the communication side of things, then, yeah, I, I think that 
as long as you're open and honest and you're not just trying to capitalize on, uh, you know, something, you know, something like this, just to say that we're in it together and you're actually backing it up with something, then, you know, I, I, then I agree with that. Uh, but once again, need to be realistic. I, I really don't, I really don't care if, if, you know, if Everlane tells me that we're in this together because I bought t-shirts from them, you know, I'll cool. Send a discount. If I need t-shirts, I'm going to buy them. I'm, it's not like I'm going to remember, Oh, <laughs> when I was locked in my house for two months and there was a global pandemic, Everlane gave me 25% off, you know, but if they're doing something and they're, you know, uh, take, going the extra mile, then yeah, maybe it's going to be something I remember. I think people are going to remember the brands who didn't do something, or, you know, brands like Adidas who are getting a lot of slack and backlash. I think brand, people are going to remember that more than the brands that actually stepped it up, you know, because like bad stuff tends to rise to the top and be remembered a little bit more. Well, that's just human. That's just that's just human nature is that losses are felt yeah. harder than gains. And I mean, think of the whole thing with it's funny you bring up the Everlane example about how in the very beginning Everlane was the was like a champion for what a brand should be doing during this time with a lot of their communication. And they outright said, hey, we're not laying anyone off whatsoever. And then this event went longer than they probably thought was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they laid off a ton of workers and there was some suspicious stuff going on about how it might've been related to a union thing. And, uh, you know, without getting too much into the specifics, because yeah. I don't think anyone knows the real story. And then for the, yeah. you know, the founder and CEO to address it explicitly on, you know, social media, it's, it's just not a good look. I mean, you know, no one could have expected how long this thing would be, would last, but, you know, back to your point of knowing when to say something versus knowing when not to say something, if you truly don't know, or you're banking on something only being good, if it lasts X amount of time, and maybe you should hold off on saying something yet until you kind of have an idea of what's going on. Because then you could shoot yourself in the foot if you say, hey, we're not laying anyone off. And then all of a sudden you turn around and be like, oh, never mind. We're laying, you know, a lot of people off. That just that just comes across as bad. Even if they originally yeah. never had intended to do that, it, it doesn't mm -hmm. change the fact. I mean, you have some brands that are doing great with that, like Neiman Marcus, even though they had to furlough all their physical retail workers, they get to keep all of their health benefits, which is amazing. And yeah, I'm sure no, that's that coming in. That I'm sure that's coming in handy for for them. Then you have some p companies like Shopify, you know, very similar to us. And obviously, we're Shopify partners, so we work with them. That's basically the core base of our company. But what they're doing when they sent all their employees home, they gave them a thousand dollars to spend on their you know home office setup which is nice i mean it doesn't yeah to the to the person who's switching to shopify or you know starting a store they're not going to care about that but i think there is something to be said about looking good within your community because sure you have customers and you have a community and i think you want to look good look good in both uh, just purely from like a networking and also from a you know, just an industry industry perspective. I mean, think of how bad it would be if Shopify just if Shopify made a lot of bad decisions around this time, which they very could they very well could have. But I, I think they're smart enough to not do anything stupid, especially given the importance of e-commerce right now. But they've come out on top on this, and they've actually helped a lot of small brands and businesses through their like capital program 
in both the yeah, UK and the absolutely. US, which I thought was nice. That's the core of their business is helping you know merchants sell on e-commerce. That's what they need to do. And they need to support their employees. Um, they're in a different situation, though, of course, being able to – they are fortunate enough that their entire business could pretty much operate remotely. You know, they can work from home. So, yeah, keeping their employees happier or, or going to keep them keep them happier or they're going to do more for their merchants and, and you know, be comfortable and uh, working from home. And, you know, that's going to just that's, – they, they see the value in having happy employees. And, and you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in that as well. So I think that, you know, they, they definitely got it right. A lot of the technology partners that we have, they got it right. Brands like Yapo and some others – um, they're doing a really good job with this and handling this right. Um, when it comes to, to, to e-commerce, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in what's going to happen in the, in the coming months uh, as well. So like the impact this is going to have on e-commerce, like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make brands kind of take a step back and rethink their businesses a bit. Um, I also, there's also a lot of talk about what's going to happen during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Some people think more spending, less spending. I think... You know, I think e-commerce is going to do great uh, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday for two reasons. One, every year it does better and better. And now even more so, people aren't going to want to be crammed on top of each other in malls. They're going to think twice about that. So if you are on the fence about, you know, running to a mall for the best deal, you might use this opportunity to, you know, just buy online. And I think a lot of brands are going to really double down on their Black Friday, Cyber Monday and we're going to see a, we're going to see a lot more growth on that side of things, you know. But what it's relative though, because the, the, if the economy is shit and people aren't spending as much, you might see less spending there. But I think overall, some of the people who may have participated in in store or retail Cyber Monday, Black Friday, I think they're go or I'm sorry, Black Friday, not Cyber Monday's online, but uh, who participated more in, in Black Friday are going to be focusing on spending more online. So. I think that there's going to be some some real opportunities when this starts to bounce back uh, for brands, and you know, as long as as long as they can kind of weather this out, and that's what we're kind of, we're there for as well is the brands that we're working with are really trying to help them getting creative with how we're doing billing and getting creative with some of our rates, um, you know, and being able to support them in different ways, whether it's with strategy or some free consulting or. Um, getting flexible with our retainers. So just being making sure that they could still operate because the last thing you want is to, as an agency, just completely step back and say, hey, well, you're hurting, so are we, we can't support you. So there's that fine line being being like, hey, look, we're, we're both feeling it. Um, how can we support you? How can we you know, partner on this together? So uh, I think it's very important for brands to look at their partners and their agencies. And, and this is going to be the time when, when also when e-commerce brands figure out who's really supporting them, like who is, you know, who are the ones who stuck by them during the tough times? Uh, and, and, and hopefully we're one of those agencies, uh, because, um, you know, I really want to see all of the brands that we work with as well as any other brands who are friends, uh, succeed. Uh, so I think there's going to be a, it's going to be a different world when, when we all get back to work, if things start moving again, I think that's something that's going to happen on a global scale. But as far as e-commerce goes, you know, I, I think it's just going to see more and more growth, more and more, di- more and more brands doing, being a little bit more diverse. And I think we're going to see different types of products coming out there, different innovation, um, whether it's direct to consumer or however, you know, a variation of that, I think there's going to be 
different types of products that end up being invented from this. And this is events like this is when there's really big innovation when people kind of step out and think whether, you know, people got fired or laid off of jobs and then they come up with an idea that's going to happen on a huge scale. Um, every time there's been an economic downturn or, um, some type of catastrophe, there's always some innovation that comes out of it. And, you know, we have to look at the bright side of this, that this eventually will be over. Um, and what comes out of it is going to be something that hopefully is really great. I really hope that, you know, both on the business side of things, on the personal side of things, on the political side of things, that everyone kind of learns a lesson from this. And I, and I think that there, there could be some really amazing innovation and growth on a global scale because of this. Uh, and that's just my take on it, kind of mixed e-commerce mixed with some of my personal opinions. Sure. And I think from an agency perspective, uh, for a lot of digital agencies kind of similar to ours who maybe focus heavier on the designer development, I think they're going to realize if they haven't already that the financial situation or the, uh, I guess the success of that business is heavily related on the success of their own agency because you know, the more money that a client makes or, you know, they're the higher their conversion rate, the higher their sales, uh, essentially when a business is doing well, that's good for the agency that's supporting them. Because I'm sure there are a bunch of agencies out there, either because they don't think it's important or just haven't thought about it whatsoever. They're just focusing on creating something that looks nice and functions well, and they get paid for making a, you know, a cool website for a company. Great. But if you want to retain that client and you want, you know, to be a deeper partner with that, you have to see the value of helping your clients improve their sales through conversion rate optimization and, you know, some uh, marketing dev support, email marketing, because the more money they make, the more money that you end up making because, you know, they want your, they'll want your support more if you're showing them that the stuff you're doing for them is helping their ROI. And I think that's going to oh, be a course. big focus coming out of this for brands that, or for agencies that hadn't thought about that before. I think they're going to start realizing that now because when a brand doesn't have money, well, then they don't have anything to pay the agencies who they've hired to help them. Yeah. And it's just when, when, you know, when brands are really only focused on maybe just like certain output that they're, things that they're creating that might not essentially be driving value or bringing value to the brands. That's, that's a problem right now. You know, a lot of brands are pulling back on certain things like that. Um, what they're doubling down on is, are going to be things like optimizing for conversions or, um, things that are going to bring in revenue and make, and really focusing on what they, um, what they currently have. How do I, how do I optimize that without having to make a huge spend? So, and, and a lot of agencies maybe have a little bit more of a core focus on just one area uh, where I, I think we did a good job on is that, you know, we're not just focused on creative or, or development or just being a dev shop or a creative shop, but we also focus on optimization and strategy and supporting brands there. So um, we're fortunate enough that, you know, we were able to support our clients on multiple different levels um, to help them 
you know, drive revenue and stay, stay afloat during this time. So you're right. I think that, 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 that more and more brands are going to be asking the question, well, by making this investment with you, what's going to be my return on this investment rather than just, you know, is this, you know, the, the creative that's on brand or something like that. So, yeah. uh, you, I think there's, there, that's going to be more part of the conversation, which I'm happy about because I love having those conversations, you know, not only about the creative side and what technology to use, but how, how is this going to improve sales and conversions and how is it going to support my business? So that's, that, you know, that, that's definitely something I, I'd be looking forward to, uh, discussing with our clients. Like it matters. It may not be as, it might not be the most interesting as talking about like the creative creativity or the brand, but, you know, something that I firmly believe, and I take my stance on this with branding too, not to get too far off topic with this, but even when you're thinking about branding and you're thinking about the flowery, creative aspects of your company, you do have to focus on the business aspect of it because you need a business and a brand. The brand is, you need, your, you need a brand to build your business but you need a business to support your brand. And I feel like you can't separate the two or you know, focus too heavily on one versus the other. If they're not balanced, you're not going to grow at an exponential rate. You're probably just gonna end up falling flat and dying. And that actually leads to yep. uh, next thing I wanna talk about, which sort of in a, in a closing remarks for this is focusing on kind of the lessons learned through all this. I think one of the big lessons that some brands are going to take away from this, and this ties back to, uh, you know, the sense of growth culture. I think the glamour or prestige that comes from a digitally native brand getting their own retail store, you know, kind of following the suit of Bonobos or Warby Parker. I think that aspiration is going to be less idolized. I think a lot of brands are going to be more critical about whether it's worth the risk to actually create a retail location and, you know, totally pivot into a different kind of sector from just selling online because there's so many different aspects of selling D to C versus, you know, brick and mortar. And, you know, obviously it depends on the brand, depends on how long you've been around. But I think a lot of brands who were close to that point are probably going to think twice now when things sort of get back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, in to, I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to kill retail. I think that people still love going into stores. They want that experience. I don't think. No, I do no, think it's brands not gonna are going to think yeah. twice. Yeah, I do think brands are going to think twice. And maybe they're not going to make as much of an investment. Maybe they're not going to have as much of a big, uh, as much of a footprint, or maybe it's a shorter term thing like pop-ups, which I think are great for direct to consumer brands, especially for brand awareness. Um, so I, you're, you're right. I think it's going to be something that they think a lot more about. Like even some of the clients that we're working with who were, 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 were thinking about retail locations, you know, they're prioritizing e-commerce first now to see what plays out and see how it goes in the future. So I think you're right. There's going to, there's already, there's already thought behind that. And there's already, uh, there's, there are already brands who are having that internal conversation about, is this going to be right for us? And should we make such an investment, um, knowing that the stores can just close down with that, you know, overnight. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that's going to, um, is definitely a lesson learned. Uh, some other things I think we touched on them. We're going to be supply chain. 
you're only as strong as your supply chain right now. So you really need to focus on that and, and see what you can do and have backup plans. I, I think that um, customer experience, I know that, that you spoke to Adam about that from route the other day. Customer experience is, 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 should be top of mind always. Uh, but especially in situations like this, I think that, you know, the more you focus on customer experience and your communications, how you're communicating with your customers, um, you know, is going to, it's going to mean if they're going to be around, uh, for, for, for a long period of time. And, you know, people do remember these things. So, uh, I think having customer experience, having a great customer experience across the board is, is definitely something that more and more brands are going to be looking to. So, um, Definitely some lessons learned. I think there's still a lot of things unfolding. I'd love to be able to kind of revisit this conversation over the next coming weeks and especially over the next few months to see if the things that we're talking about, um, you know, come true and see if uh, some of the predictions that everyone's everyone's making uh, are, are and how this is going to unfold. So, um, you know, it's crazy times right now, but uh, I think there's a, a lot of things that brands can learn and there's also a lot of things um that I think are going to come out of this. So, um, you know, fortunate as, as it is, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what kind of growth uh, comes out of all of this. You're very confident that the internet is still going to be around in two months. The internet? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think it will. I think it will. <laughs> Who knows? Hey man, who knows? I don't know. You don't, if you would have told me that we'd be closed shop and working from home and all these stores would be closed and, you know, uh, supply chains would be frozen. If you would have told me that uh, a month and a half, two months ago, I would have called you crazy. So I don't know. Maybe the Internet won't be around. What will we do? How will we shop? I guess we maybe, will have yeah. to. Maybe we'll just go back to the barter system, just trading, trading Everlane shirts for pelts. Or or the or we'll all switch to uh what is it, what is it they're called I think dark sites uh, oh yeah oh boy something like yeah. that it's it's a whole I don't want to go of... down that I don't want to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> uh, but this is great uh, I'm glad we were able to do this remotely uh, and keep the Agency X podcast going I'm looking forward to um, you know getting getting back into the swing of things with this and uh, I thank everyone for listening and. Uh, um, looking forward to providing some more insights uh, on on how brands could optimize their e-commerce experiences. For sure. All right. Thanks and stay safe, everyone. Thanks. Have a good one.